Welcome to the Democracy Group, a network of podcasts about democracy, civic engagement, and civil discourse. In this feed, you will find a sampling of episodes from our podcast and the Democracy Group, as well as recordings from our events. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please visit democracygroup.org to find more like this. Now let's get to our featured episode. Welcome to Politics is Everything. I'm Kara Ong Whaley. My name is Anna Brown. I'm a second year at the University of Virginia studying foreign affairs and international economics. I'm an intern here at the center. My name is Patrick Berry. I am a fourth year student at UVA. I'm studying philosophy and English, and I'm also an intern at the Center for Politics. I'm Peter Wojcikowski, Ukrainian interpreter. I'm Yuna Potomkina, advisor to the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine, uh, also lawyer and mediator. Uh, I'm Sabina Ilyasova. I'm a co-coordinator of NGO Crimea SOS. I am Libov Rakovitsa. I represent Ukrainian media organization uh, News of Donbass. We are so grateful to have you here at the Center for Politics in Charlottesville, Virginia today. Uh, we've learned so much from you and wanted to ask you a little bit more. Um, I'd like to start by asking, what is the most important thing that the American public should know about what is happening in, the U- in Ukraine? Well, first of all, thank you for having us here today. And uh, this is a very hard but very important question, I would say. Um, um, I would answer that uh, the main that um, uh, U.S. people should know that um, Ukrainians right now are fighting not only for Ukraine. Ukrainians are fighting for the uh, whole democracy and democracy principles um, in the world. And the crucial part is that um, it is important to be aware that it is not the war in Ukraine. It is the war in the Europe. And actually it is the war in the central of Europe. And um, and I would say that my colleagues will like І я хочу сказати з боку мешканців, простих мешканців, простих українців. It is important to understand that this war is not a war between uh, two governments. It's a war of the people of the United States support them, and the people of the United States should know that. And this is the reason why uh, all Ukrainians, uh, despite uh, being in the middle of that war, are watching very closely um, all the events that are happening in the countries of Europe, as well as in the United States, even though one might think those are your domestic political events, but they are very important for us because we know that they will have an impact on um, your future support. Я підтримую все, що сказали мої колежанки. 
Я дійсно згодна, що це війна не просто я сама з Криму, я виїхала через окупацію. Вибачте. Uh, насправді війна почалася And uh, Ukraine just happened to be in the forefront of Region of Ukraine that was occupied by Russia in 2014. За кордони своєї держави. І це починати своє життя знов і знов і боротися So you mentioned how the war has disrupted lives in certain areas for over eight years, certain areas more recently. Um, But how is the war impacting children and families particularly? The impact on families and children is tremendous of this war. Um, because even though I do not have the most uh, recent data, but uh, what I remember some time ago, the, the numbers were uh, over 30% of uh, families have been separated due to the war. The, the, the fathers Um, uh, stayed uh, had to stay away from moms and uh, and, and children. 
So the reasons why they are separated is number one, a man who went to serve in the military and went to war, and then uh, the special laws of uh, the wartime do not allow men to leave the country men of certain ages so when a family chooses to uh, become refugees abroad it's just moms and children this separation of families uh, has been in place for a number of months it will soon be a full year when uh, children have not seen their father when families have not been together in the life of a child one year is a very long time and certainly such uh, reality cannot help but be a cause of conflicts, difficult relationships and families breaking apart. And there is a second way how the war impacts and affects the children. Many of them have witnesses to uh, developments in the war zone. They have seen uh, the destruction, the deaths, uh, all the cruelties, and that certainly affects their psyche, their their minds. We certainly understand that uh, children, at the time when their uh, personalities are being shaped, should not uh, be witnesses to deaths, disfigured dead bodies, uh, destruction of houses and cities, and uh, just use of firearms. Uh, around massive use of firearms, but they they have been seeing all that. But unfortunately, there are many children who have been seeing this in the course of almost one year, and some others have been seeing this for eight years and have been living and growing up in occupied territories by by a foreign nation. And there is a third uh, aspect of, uh, of your question. It, it applies to children who essentially been orphaned and were staying either in uh, orphanages or in uh, foster care in some uh, uh, family-style uh, orphanages in the territories which are now occupied. Russia has forcefully moved those children in big numbers to their territory and uh, allowed adoption of those children by Russian citizens in Russia. So uh, they changed, they've been changing records uh, of those children. So it is now virtually impossible to uh, find them, identify them, and bring them back. So those children are going to grow up in Russia under different names and there will be no way for Ukraine to bring them back. And then of course we can talk a lot more about children who have lost uh, their, uh, their fathers, uh, uh, children of uh, dead soldiers, uh, children who have to attend school in war zone or in the occupied territories. There are many problematic issues with those, and my colleagues can say more about it. I would add about the forced deportation of um, children to, to the other territory. Uh, the international humanitarian law actually uh, is saying that this is the harshest war crime that you can make uh, during the uh, conflict, but conflict uh, remaining in the international law, the, the war that we're having right now. And the other problem is that we unfortunately can't 
have the real statistic of how many um, children are gone through this deportation regarding to the situation that there is uh, another war crime uh, regarding to the uh, um, just uh, impossible uh, transparent uh, part for the, for example, ICRC to come to the occupied territories. So unfortunately, we don't have any data for today. And as my colleague said, I don't believe that we ever could have this data. And uh, the other thing uh, to add is that we don't need to, uh, we need not to forget that uh, the war is uh, going on more than eight years, and this is mean that the whole generation is already uh, were born uh, in this uh, war situation, and for them this is just a normal life, and they never saw other peaceful Ukraine as saw their brothers, sisters, and parents. And this is, of course, going to be a huge trauma, not for the one or two people. This is the huge trauma for the whole generation. Окрім того, що відбувається з дітьми та сім'ями зараз, не треба забувати про більше 500 дітей, які вже загинули під час війни. Батьки, які залишились без дітей, це теж травма на все життя. Психологічні наслідки війни, окупації, вони будуть тягнутися не те, що роками, вони будуть тягнутися десятиліттями parents who lost their loved ones and the psychological impact uh, trauma from this war is going to include that as well and it will last for many years ahead також діти, які залишились без батьків, це теж буде велика проблема, тому що вони зростають, мало того, що вони зростають в стані війни, вони ще будуть залишатися без батьківської любові, без батьківської роботи. Що стосується дітей, які щодо навчання дітей, те навчання, звичайно, наші українські вчителі, наша система робить все можливе, від нас залежне, щоб надати українську освіту, освіту дітям, навіть під час бомбардувань, навіть у бомбосховищах. Однак якість цього цієї освіти, вона нижча за ту, яку вони могли отримати в мирі. Щодо освіти на окупованих територіях, то окупаційна влада, російський уряд, вони намагаються через систему освіти стерти повністю українську ідентичність дітей, кримсько-татарську ідентичність дітей. Кремсько-татарська their Ukrainian identity, or in the case of my nation, their uh, Crimean Tatar identity. Ну і всі ці всіма наслідками нам доведеться жити і якось їх виправляти наступні покоління. So my next question is, you've talked about what countries can do to help these issues, but what can individuals do, especially um, today's youth like me, 
to support Ukraine and what are Ukraine's most pressing needs that we can seek to address? So I would like to start by uh, emphasizing that uh, Russian propaganda and uh, Russian official messages to their people, as well as to Ukrainian people, are consistently and repeatedly uh, presenting America and the American people as the enemy. This is a tradition since the times of the Cold War. Наприклад, щодо нашої аудиторії, а ми ми працюємо We uh, as a media organization that produces content for people of Ukraine, including those who are in the occupied territories of Donbas and Luhansk, uh, were using some funding from the US agency for national development and uh, other US government organizations, the embassy of the United States in Ukraine, and the fact that this is mentioned in the information about us was used by uh, Russian uh, media to claim, oh, well, if Americans are paying for it, that means it's fake information. And unfortunately, there are some people who are led to believe that everything that comes from Russia or from Soviet past is good and is truth, but whatever comes from the Western democratic world is, is, is really something from the enemy. There is a big difference uh, when, when there is people-to-people communication rather than messages uh, that come from the government or from entities uh, funded by the government. So people-to-people communication uh, and exchange of information can make a big difference. For quite a few people, when they say America, it's just uh, their notion of America is uh, American government, American president, uh, either that or some characters from American movies, superheroes, etc. And uh, so this is where uh, any American uh, person can easily do uh, a lot uh, and be very helpful by just getting in touch with some specific individual in Ukraine. There are many ways to do that, but if you get in touch with someone, especially someone who has been more affected by the war, been um, closer to the war zone and who, may, uh, who is more likely to have those wrong ideas about who Americans are, if you get in touch with them and just send them your message of greetings, support, uh, your good feelings that can uh, affect uh, their thinking. And I'm not talking about necessarily sending money to help them. You, you can help them psychologically but just communicate with them but then I know that many Americans do uh, try to help like we talked um, a few uh, minutes ago with people who want to put together some resources in order to help Ukrainians install some solar panels at the time when uh, our electricity supplies are disrupted to Russian airstrikes 
The assistance that Ukraine is getting on the level of government is very important, but it is even more important, way more important to have such support that goes in a business-to-business -business, uh, format or people-to-people -people format that uh, produces a lot more psychological support and a lot greater human impact. For those of you tuning in, we'll include in the episode notes a link for how to do people-to-people -people communications. If, if you help us keep Ukraine mentioned in public discourse, uh, if you express your position of support, uh, your, your feelings about Ukraine, when you say uh, uh, things about Ukraine, you, you help to shape the public uh, attitude in this country. And that also brings up Ukraine uh, to, to focus of public attention in the US and internationally. I can tell you uh, about um, my uh, homeland, Crimea, uh, even though it's been under occupation for years, but every time uh, Crimea continues to be mentioned, it, it brings up uh, into the focus of public attention that, that really helps to, to tell the world that this is an important issue. Thank you all so much for spending time with us here at the Center for Politics at the University of Virginia. You have made very clear that this is not just a war on Ukraine, but a war on democracy. What do you see as a path forward for ending the war and also for ensuring that democracy thrives not only in Ukraine, but also around the world? I believe that this is the question that all Ukrainians are having on their agenda right now. And um, as uh, we said before, this is a war for the dem democracy and democratic principles. But uh, to put it in a very simple words, this is the war against evil. <laughs> this is a war for the chance to have a choice in your life. This is the war for your independency and sovereignty for the decades in the future. But all of us are very realistic that this is the war with the neighbor. And geographically, this neighbor is going to be the neighbor also forever. So I would put it in that way. Um, I would actually give a quote of our president because I love that quote a lot. Uh, the recent days he said that uh, lawyers will put end to this war after the military and politicians. And I really think that this is the only path that we can have now because all war are having ending with the peace uh, due to the negotiation. And I don't think that we get an event bicycle in this, but this is always a time when there has to be the right time of this negotiation. We as Ukrainians have lost a lot and the price for our victory is already is very high. So, of course, the end is going to be uh, through negotiations, but after militaries and after politicians. 
also agree <laughs> with each word. Дійсно, ми маємо не дивлячись на емоційний стан і на людське відношення до Росії зараз і до громадян Росії. Існують демократичні методи, демократичні міжнародні механізми притягнення до відповідальності. Ну і наразі основна задача, яка стоїть перед всім світом, це запустити ці механізми якомога швидше, якомога ефективніше, щоб припинити злочини Росії і в майбутньому не допустити такої ситуації. Я абсолютно підтримую і всі слова, як би сказала, моє колеги. І хочу додати, що зараз виході в Україні припутати увагу всього світу. І від того, як завершиться наша війна, залежно від того, тому що зараз йде лише про хто переможе Україна чи Росія. Йде мова, як закінчиться протистояння держави з великим ядерним запасом та держави, яка відмовилася від цього. І на нашу війну наперебіг та на результат війни дивляться не лише великі країни, але й країни, які зараз знаходяться або на шляху від відмови від ядерної зброї, або вони хочуть щось розвивати. І в разі, якщо Росія вийде переможцем, so це буде дуже сигналом для всіх, що лише, особливо дивлячись на перебіг війни в Україні зараз, коли Росія дійсно, коли Україна дійсно перемагає. І якщо все ж таки Росія використовуючи або погрози, або саму ядерну зброю, вона переможе, це буде сигналом для, того, для, мали, для, для країн, недемократичних країн, що лише маючи зброю, ти можеш перемогти. Лише маючи ядерну зброю. Якщо переможе Україна, це буде прецедент, коли країна, яка відмовилась, маючи ядерну зброю, вона відмовилась від неї, отримала гарантії, але гарантії не були виконані через і був напад саме однієї з країн, яка це гарантувала, але все одно Україна без, країна без ядерної зброї змогла перемогти країну з дуже великим ядерним потенціалом. And then one of the nations that had given those promises actually attacked it and uh, took away its territory. So when all the, if, if that uh, is reversed, then the world can see that this path is possible. І в випадку перемоги України це буде великим аргументом для країн, демократичних країн, для того, щоб сприяти розброєнню, ядерному розброєнню і подальшому, ну, скажімо так, купуванню ядерної зброї, щоб, щоб, його, щоб її далі не розвивати. Тому що буде прецедент, що країна без ядерної зброї може перемогти країну з ядерною зброєю. 
Тому я можу сказати, що ми в Україні ми боремося, готові боротися, не дивлячись на, на терор населення, не дивлячись на будь-яку військову та інформаційну зброю, яку використовує Росія. Ми як країна, ми розвиваємося, ми зараз на шляху розвитку, впровадження реформ і так далі. Ми змінюємося і стаємо кращими тому нам дуже важливо знати і розуміти, що найближчого часу не наступить в тому українських подій, що не буде зміни фокусу уваги і так далі, що все одно наші країни-партнери і далі до нашої перемоги. Дякую. Thank you for listening to this episode from the Democracy Group. If you want more podcasts like this, then visit democracygroup.org. There you will find our events, topics, and a newsletter as well. So head on over to democracygroup.org.